Hello and welcome again to Exploring the Art Market podcast. I'm your host, Maria Baitsevovians, business writer, mediator, and IP lawyer, fascinated by the world of art. In this episode, I would like to briefly sketch the so-called Rybalovlev-Bouvier affair, an avalanche of court cases all around the world that resulted from a broken relationship between the two powerful men. What exactly went wrong? And which issues are at stake? Let's see. To begin with, there was a great article by Sam Knight in The New Yorker, which provided an elegant and thrilling account of the relationship between the Russian billionaire Dmitry Rybalovlev and the Swiss art logistics specialist turned art dealer and freeport king Yves Bouvier. I will include the link to this article in the notes to this podcast. It's truly a recommended read. The international thriller involving billions of dollars and some outstanding artworks by Gauguin, Picasso, Matisse, Modigliani, and even Leonardo da Vinci, at this point in time is still far from its concluding act. This case, or there a family of cases, is immensely interesting and can shed a legal light on a number of undefined or poorly defined issues of the art world. But let me first provide some story background. Their relationship seems to have started with Chagall, and amusingly ended with another painter from the Paris school, Modigliani. Already more than 15 years ago, Dmitry Rybalovlev acquired Chagall's painting Le Cirque, which lacked the authenticity certificate. Upon arrival at the Bouvier's Natural Le Coutre facility at the Geneva Freeport, two men assumedly have met for the first time. By getting Rybalovlev that lacking authenticity certificate, Bouvier got an initial trust with Rybalovlev. It was this trust which became the basis for a decade-long relationship between the two men. And it was this trust which might or might not make or break the case. The essence of the dispute is that Yves Bouvier for many years was buying artworks for Dmitry Rybalovlev, or was selling artworks to Dmitry Rybalovlev. Basically, that's the central dilemma of the whole case. Rybalovlev is claiming that Bouvier was acting as his agent, thus buying for Rybalovlev, while Bouvier asserts that he was acting as an independent art dealer, thus rather selling to Rybalovlev, which makes him free to set his own prices. Despite these fundamentally different underlying assumptions, their relationship might have continued for many more years. However, at the end of 2014, Rybalovlev accidentally found out that Modigliani's new coucher he acquired some years ago was sold by its previous owner, Stephen Cohen, for $24.5 million, less than Rybalovlev paid for it to Bouvier. The above set in motion a worldwide legal battle. Rybalovlev filed lawsuits against Bouvier in Monaco, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Switzerland. In Switzerland, there is also a criminal investigation against Bouvier for tax evasion. In Monaco, there is a case against Rybalovlev for he is assumed to have exercised undue influence on Monaco's justice minister and the state prosecutor in the whole Bouvier case. Moreover, Sotheby's, together with Bouvier, sued Rybalovlev in Switzerland in order to block a lawsuit Rybalovlev was planning to file in the UK. And of course, there is also a lawsuit filed by Rybalovlev against Sotheby's, claiming that the latter has materially assisted the largest fraud in history. 
Plus, according to the last year's April issue of the art newspaper, a temporary order exists against Bouvier, which disallows sales of personal assets worth up to $550 million and asks Bouvier to surrender Mark Rothko's number six. As a collateral to his would-be debt to Rybalovlev if the court finds that the transaction was unethical. At this moment, the above cascade of legal and criminal proceedings in different jurisdictions of the world is at various stages of resolution. An interesting twist to the story revolves around a particular artwork, the notorious Salvara Mundi. In November 2017, Christie's New York, in a swift 20-minute bidding, bidding battle, auctioned off one of the key works in the Rybalovlev-Bouvier case, Leonardo da Vinci Salvatore Mundi, for over $450 million, including buyer's premium. This astronomical selling price broke the world record and made a nice profit for his previous owner, Mr. Rybalovlev, who bought the painting from, or better with the help of, Bouvier four years earlier, for $127.5 million. Worth noting that Bouvier bought Salvare Mundi for a total of about $80 million, paid in money and art from a consortium of dealers who, in their turn, purchased the artwork for mere $10,000. Initially, Salvare Mundi was attributed to a member of Leonardo's school, not to the master himself, hence so much lower price. Also, there was quite some issues about the condition of the artwork. Interestingly, as reported by Bloomberg in May 2018, U.S. investigators initiated and after a year dropped a fraud probe into Bouvier, assumably exactly because of this outstanding Christie's auction. Citing Artnet, with reference to the Bloomberg's report, quote-unquote, had the case proceeded, Rybalovlev's windfall would have enabled the defense to claim that he wasn't fraud victim because he profited in the end. The Rybalovlev-Bouvier affair raises a number of important legal issues. Probably the most notable of them is related to the fiduciary relationship between different actors in the obscure world of the private art deals. The fiduciary relationship is the highest standard of care in equity or law. It implies the good faith and the ultimate loyalty of the fiduciary to the principal. The fiduciary relationship, by definition, gives no space to any conflict of interests, as well as excludes the possibility for the fiduciary to profit from his position without the explicit consent of the principal. In other words, the fiduciary relationship is the combination of the duty to care, the duty of loyalty, and the duty of good faith. The concept is relatively fluid, as there is no legal or formal requirements for the establishment of the fiduciary relationship. It is about trust, confidence, and information asymmetry. To note that the art world, and especially the world of private art sales, is largely influenced by such information asymmetry. In the Rybalovlev-Bouvier affair, the court is yet to decide whether the 2% Bouvier was receiving after every sale was administrative costs or an agent's commission, and overall whether the fiduciary relationship between the two men was indeed established. Therefore, it remains to be seen whether Bouvier's actions will be qualified as a violation of his fiduciary duties, or they were merely the exercise of a good old adage of buy low, sell high. Furthermore, an additional matter highlighted by the Rybalovlev-Bouvier affair is the separation of duties, 
related to buying a collection. In practice, it is most often self-regulated in the sense that there are different people involved in various stages, due diligence, storage, restoration, condition reports, insurance, and actual art consulting or art advising. In the Rybalovlyv-Bouvier affair, according to the New Yorker, all of these structurally different services were offered by Bouvier in a, so to say, a package. That is for sure not prohibited. However, as mentioned, it's not really done this way usually. If it happens, though, that by definition gives rise to plenty of situations of potential conflict of interests. The proverbial caveat emptor, by a beware, is thus manifold intensified. It would also be intriguing to hear the court's opinion on the matter of the use of insider information. As mentioned already, the insider information literally fuels the art sales. As famous economist Nouriel Roubini stressed in this respect when advocating for more regulation in the art market, a lot of things are tolerated in the art market which would be illegal anywhere else. Consider in the sense the mentioned insider information. Should one use it for buying or selling shares of the company, that would be illegal, unethical and punishable. Contrarily, in the art market, operating on the insider information is business as usual. Whatever the outcome of the legal battle between two powerful men, if Bouvier has helped Dmitry Rabalovlev assemble a truly outstanding collection of art, whether for that he was acting legally correct is for the courts to decide. Whether his actions were ethically correct is yet another question. Ethics is a combination of moral principles and understanding of right and wrong. However, in the unregulated and secretive market with obscure price setting, decisions are guided by a fair share of opportunism and the clear definition of right and wrong in this situation becomes a truly complicated task. That's it for me for today. Now, I would like to hear from you. Do you think more regulation in the art market is going to solve its problems? Or only unnecessarily complicate the whole thing? Please share your thoughts in the comment section below or, as always, send them directly to my email maria.boitsova at gmail.com My name is Maria boitsova Winans. Thank you for being with me today. If you like this episode, please press that sweet little like button, share it with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you think might be interested. Once again, thanks for listening, and see you next time at Exploring the Atma.